Just smell the grass, the dirt, just like I dreamed they'd be. Just feel that summer breeze, the way it's calling me. For like the first time ever, I'm completely free. I could go running and racing and dancing. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy. The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molnax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Jedi and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Bad Batch. In this episode, The Bad Batch visits an old contact, Cutler Quain. There will be Omega has her Rapunzel moment. The big brothers learn how to parent. And Cut Laquaine is back, y'all! We're talking about The Bad Batch, Episode 2, Cut and Run this week. How you doing, Chris? Hello. Hello! Oh, I was telling Chris before we started recording, like, this is my favorite episode of this season. <laughs> so, and like, to me, like, Bad Batch hit, like, a high here that it never quite got back to. So, like, I, I love this episode. <laughs> I'm about to, like, just gush and be a happy camper. But how's your week? Good. Haven't been doing much working. I've been, uh, I, I've finally started watching, well, I'm almost done with it. I'm four episodes into uh, Loki. <laughs> oh, how are you liking it? I like it. I like it. Um... I was at the like I I love the like production design on it and it's a good kind of crazy storyline but like it's not perfect and like there's some stuff that doesn't make sense to me maybe yet but like I'm very happy because I'm a big not I I I don't like one timeline like we must preserve the timeline I don't believe that's how like timelines work so it's like having like. Oh, the multiverse. If you have a multiverse, it starts fighting itself and it sounds ridiculous. And so having the like what like the holy timeline or, you know, the sacred timeline or whatever, I was like, I I hate that sacred timeline. And I'm like, these guys are the biggest like the, the you know, time agency. These guys are the biggest fascist like this is this is like some scumbag shit. And I was like. I hope that I hope these guys it isn't like men in black where like, you know, they're sort of the heroes and they recruit Loki. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> good. <laughs> they're the asshats of the series. Yeah. yeah, good. They better be because they should, you know, like it could have it could have gone like the, as them as good guys. But I was just like, no, this is good because of their 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 timeline is a is a travesty. Because there's also, like, stuff, too, like, early on where they're kind of, like, picking and choosing. Because I, I think it, it might be actually, it's been a hot minute since I've seen Loki. Like, episode one, Loki was like, what What about when the Avengers went back in time? And they were like, that was supposed to happen. And he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean? That so makes no did, sense. They get to go back in time? 
you know, the the ancient one gave Bruce Banner an entire talk about timelines. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do I, I do agree it's not a perfect show. I I have mixed feelings about the finale. Um I like the finale. I just think the pacing's wonky in it. Um, but I do I do like Loki. Um it's it's up there in my Marvel shows. I I have a very soft spot for Hawkeye. I really do because it I've, heard, was, I've heard that's really good. Um, it was I, I'm a big fan of Fraction and Asia's Run, and it was pretty much a love letter to Fraction and Asia's Run, which is like one of my favorite comic book series of all time. So like I have a big soft spot for that comic, and so that that show like while definitely not perfect in any way, like I I have a lot of feels for that show, and I actually really did like One Division. I I don't think it has a I. My thing is, I don't think these shows are constantly hitting their finales because they're because they're in a bigger universe. Every right. finale feel has to be like, and here's our hook for the next movie yep. instead of like letting it be self-contained. And I think that's why I like Hawkeye so much because it kind of is self-contained. Is the first one that's not like, and we're setting up the next four movies. Which One Division, Falcon Winter Soldier, and Loki all have that. We're setting up the next movie uh-huh. feeling to it. So, yeah, I, I like the Marvel shows, but I'm not a big fan of their finales because it's always just like, and here's Sam Wilson as the next Captain America. Yay. Which is fine. I like Sam Wilson as yeah. Captain America, but. No, I just noticed in it there was. Like there was this whole thing where they're like, oh, you know, Loki, the 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 uh, Sylvie or Sylvia or Sylvie, Sylvie, Sylvie set off like this thing that was making all these timelines, and they're like, what the hell, emergency, emergency, and then they just sort of drop that, and it sort of like, it sort of just gets absorbed. I don't know. I got two more episodes left. But it doesn't seem like that state of emergency like existed after that. Like it was, it was weird. It was, it was sort of like a setup, and then the main plot uh, changed <laughs> into something else, and it just sort of abandoned that. So I thought that was a little weird. But I, I like that. That I mean, they they paid some money for the special effects, the acting, and the writing is really good. And and it's all in drag. Like the, like that is the Marriott uh, Hotel here in Atlanta, where Dragon Con is. Like yeah, yeah, I've uh, been in there. I've been in there. Uh, that's where we met. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely they've uh, they've twiddled with it a little bit, but yeah, it's yeah. I like their use of like liminal space type stuff. In, with it and stuff and the whole look of the whole place you know that they yeah i like they, the 50s they were, look and the uh miss the miss timekeeper who's voiced by tara strong um i the the clock cartoon how it's like that retro feel too uh, i miss minutes that's her name miss minutes yeah. um yeah. she's like a step away from her twilight if, like if her twilight sparkle had an accent like a southern accent <laughs> she's very much close to her twilight sparkle voice from my little pony <laughs> So I love Tara Strong though. Um, yeah, yeah, I think the dialogue was is actually its strongest. Like it's got some really good dialogue, really good conversation, like and, conversations between characters in it that are really good. You know, and I love it because you can tell that Tom Hiddleston is just having a fucking. Blast. He's having a riot. Yeah, he is. Um, the Pompeii one, he actually knows like Latin. <laughs> like my Tom Hiddleston like knows Latin, so like that was him not learning like, it. Like I he. Get- I he just knew it fluently. This. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's having and him and Owen Wilson. I I was actually on the fence because like 
I like Owen Wilson, but he's not my favorite. And he's either to me, like he's either really good or fine. Or he's, he's just Owen Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good in this role. Yeah. He's really good. I really like him, um, which is something I don't always say about Owen Wilson. No, because role. as he gets older, his demeanor gets that more rumpled old like when he gets old he's gonna be like a, a sort of like mark twain sort of character you know he or um trying to think of the name of the actor who actually played mark twain a lot but he's gonna be one of those like you know i'm just a humble you know humble country lawyer type you know old guys and, and it'll suit him well it'll suit him better actually than when he was young and had it when it when the you know they all right all right all right where it was kind of creepy Ma that's matthew mcconaughey oh, mcconaughey yeah that's right sorry um but, but I, that's that's kind of where i agree because i think owen wilson has so often been typecast that when he's actually given a good role with substance it always takes me by surprise yeah, yeah and this is a good role a good with actor, substance. you know yeah he's a really good actor but oh i'm so glad that you're enjoying it yeah i have I want to say something, but if I say it, it's a spoiler, so I'm not going to yeah, say no spoilers. it. spoilers. I got two episodes left. I, like, actually got up or I woke up early this morning. I'm like, hey, I have time to watch an episode of Loki before I go to work. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I, so it's, it's good. I wanted to ask it, if each, you've seen this one thing, but I, if you haven't yet, and it's, then it's Yeah, each one ends with a nice little story twist to it, you know? Yeah. This one also has, like, the best use of, like, post-credit sequences and stuff. So just so everybody knows. Chris and I were recording last night, and we had some technical difficulties, so this is actually our second try at recording this episode. Sorry, I'm trying to do my imitation of voice breaking up on Skype. Essentially what happened last night was just, we could not hear each other, but we're fine now. But surprise, the Kenobi trailer dropped today. So, hey. <laughs> so, we're now you get some. Now you get some extra, extra material because of, uh, well, you know, Hope, we've been doing three-hour shows for the last couple shows, so we might as well add a little bit to this regular size show. I know, I know. But, I mean, honestly, all I can say is, oh my god, my grande boyfriend, and it looks like Inquisitors, the show. Like, I actually don't give a fuck about Kenobi! <laughs> I'm just really? Like, I'm like, I'm like, I, I mean, I, like... Like, like I'll watch you and McGregor is one of those actors that has a lot of like he I, I feel he has a lot of taste in the projects he does and seeing him back as like seeing him as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I th like I'm really going to enjoy seeing you yeah. and be Obi-Wan Kenobi. OK, well, let me pull it back a little bit. <laughs> but I... then again, I don't want to hump the grande. Well, okay, like, like, let me, like, pull it back a little bit. Like, <laughs> I care about the show. I'll watch the show, and I know it's going to be good. But the moment I saw that it's, like, Inquisitors, the show, and I'm like, oh, my God. Or it looks the, like Inquisitors, the show. But like I, I hear Palpy's supposed to be in it and, and stuff, like, so. And, like, there's, like, the fifth brother. And I was like, what if I see Trilla? I could see Trilla in this. Oh, my God. What if my, like, ninth sister's in it? Oh, my God. And then Grande Boyfriend shows up. And I lost my shit, guys. I lost my shit. I don't care. Nothing, like, nothing else happened the rest of the day. It was just seven hours of me screaming on Twitter about Grande Boyfriend. And, like, I'm, 
yeah. So like, I don't, I don't, I don't even care that his head's weird. I don't even care that he looks like weird in live action. He looks, like, he looks kind of, he looks kind of older and more Palpatine like. Which is funny because he's actually younger in this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I have my my, I already have that retcon. And is when they when Palpatine first turns the Inquisitors, they get sort of all palped out like him, and then they finally like settle into their into their yeah because because the grande the grande and the fifth brother were were not were not loose skinned at all they were just they were like like carved out so it's 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 interesting yeah I, 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 i'm I fine mean, i'm fine with it either you know either way i am too like you know when we were you asked me the question in our mandalorian season one wrap-up about like why i liked animation more than live than live action this is exactly why because like these characters and you know i gave like a like a 10 minute explanation back there so you could, but the, the gist of it is star wars can just exist in animation it can just exist but when it comes to live action there's like of course going to be limitations of like costume and makeup and all that stuff and the volume and it's always going to be kind of limited and you're going to have a lot of humans because makeup and puppets are expensive but in animation it can just exist and that's how I feel. But I'm also happy to get more Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> like, I'm also not complaining because I'm like, my grande. It's my grande boyfriend. Look at him. He's beautiful. I don't care. His lightsaber spins. It goes few-few. Like, I'm not, I'm a slut for him. So, like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. And I can't remember the last time I went into a live action show saying I was happy about it. Like, I can't wait. You know, if I'm not going to get animation anytime soon... I will take my little shreds of animation characters if they're done well. And the, that's the key, if they're done well. I have issues with Rosario. I've talked about that when we were discussing the Gina stuff and the Mandalorian. I have shit about that. Um, so I have a lot of issues and baggage going into Ahsoka. I have no baggage on Grande Boyfriend, man. Let me have them. I'm happy, man. Let's go, dude. Let's go. I'm just not off. yet, at least. Fingers crossed. I, I, I I'm, I'm hoping the fine. one woman that looked like the assassin sort of woman that was chasing after Obi Wan Kenobi, but she wasn't dressed up like a like a um inquisitor. The, the maybe the, I'm I'm sorry. Is it the black lady with braids? Are you talking yes. about the black? I, I think she's an Inquisitor. I haven't read the EU. I, I purposely have not well, read the Entertainment Weekly article, other than I know her I'm, name is Rava. But I want to be that, I want to be cold and like going fairly blind, so I'm not like deep diving. I'm but hoping, I think she is an Inquisitor. I'm hoping she isn't isn't an Inquisitor and is going to be an Inquisitor, so we get to see the whole process of recruiting and. You know, and in training a, a an inquisitor. So I'm hoping that she's like an up and coming inquisitor, and she's sort of still in her civilian clothes. And maybe you know, maybe they're like, yeah, go out and find Kenobi, and you can be an inquisitor, or, you know, or something like that. Or you know, I, I'm hoping we get to see some. I'm hoping that like through her, we sort of see behind the scenes. Of the yeah. Inquisitors, you know, more th so than there they are. They're just there like they were in, in Rebels. You know, now we get a little more. I, my, because my, like, on, I really on, the, like on that on, on that point before we move on, like, technically we have seen a little bit of that because it was in Fallen Order. But it would be nice to see it on a television screen because not everybody has played Fallen Order. Uh, right, right, right. Well, that's what I mean. And in, in that yeah. sort of thing, you know, because I, I don't play the video games but like yeah i would yeah. like i would like to see that and 
my just my general thoughts were it had a super episode one trailer vibe the first the original trailer for episode one it has a like the the first shot of obi-wan kenobi assuming it's him in the distance on his uh, it just it just felt very episode one with the sort of title cards in in every everyone's you know timed out throughout it and uh my but that that my only um i i don't know like the the thing about an obi-wan kenobi show is it's really limited as to story-wise as to what you can do in it you know i think that's why i think that's why it's a limited series like it's not going to be a multi-series thing it's just going to be like a mini and i hope that they find a a really good story to to put over it that that's a a meaningful story to because you could very easily just have you know obi-wan kenobi getting chased around trying to keep people away from luke and evade i mean you know i was saying that like we we already know that 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 they don't find luke and they don't get obi-wan you know they don't place obi-wan kenobi on tattooing and all that stuff so you know it's like, like i was saying like i don't give a fuck about kenobi but i would actually watch you and mcgregor be sad in the desert for six episodes i'd watch that yeah Yo, no, they he's not that and, and have a couple have have a scenes where he's watching luke we know he's gonna watch luke from afar and the kid looks really really like a good act, act actor for he looks very much like anakin and you know, you could do that. You could do have a nice little little. You know, because obviously in Star Wars, Luke and 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 Obi Wan had met. You know, obviously more than once and had a you know, a familiarity between them. You know, but mm-hmm. Luke wasn't like, oh, Obi Wan's really cool or something. He's just like he's the old guy. You know, but when they met, you could tell they'd met before and and you know they were familiar with each other. So, you, we, you know, it, it'd be nice to see a couple, like, nice scenes with Obi-Wan and young Luke and, and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, I want something to really, like, really put it in. And, and like, I'm a little nervous that there isn't any, that it could just be a sort of little nostalgia thing. But then again, Ewan McGregor being involved with it, like, he he's he's not, like, the kind of actor that just takes any role, any part in anything. So he, like, I imagine to get you and McGregor, he probably wanted to read the script and stuff. So I'm really, really holding out that it could be actually really, really, really good. It's yeah. either going to, it's either going to be sort of fluffy, you know, or it's going to be really, really intensely good. That's, that's my, um, um, prediction. The only other thing I have to say about it is I'm really excited because we saw a few glimpses of like Owen in the trailer and I really want some good like Owen and Beru content and mm-hmm. just like seeing the Inquisitor like in Owen's face and I was just like, oh, this is the shit that I wanted. <laughs> oh, this is what I want. Um, yeah, because... I think we'll get to see why why Owen does not that, that would really ex- that stuff like that explains why owen was so hostile towards obi-wan and stuff and getting luke involved and stuff like that yeah uh i just um 
I, I have the trailer running right now on mute, and I just saw, like, Grande spinning his lightsaber, and I was like, yay! <laughs> I actually, I was, I was joking now about we have that a this new, morning. Now we'll have a new batch of Star Wars fans who go, oh, a spinning lightsaber? Come on. <laughs> I, I was actually joking. I Let me, let me pull up the exact tr- tweet that I wrote this morning. Like, like, hours, but, like, not even knowing a Kenobi trailer was coming today. I wrote this one. I got to get through all the bullshit because um, during the shareholder meeting, there was still a lot of Disney bullshit going on. Um, I wrote. Oh, I passed it. Did I not? Am I just a crazy person? Um, I want a solid five minutes of nothing but saber copters just to hear fanboys cry. <laughs> well, <laughs> a solid five minutes of just them you, flying you make it your wish. Copters. That's all I want, just solid, solid five minutes of Jim just being like, <laughs> and I will just be, ca- if I see a saber copter in this show, you will hear me laughing from Atlanta, Georgia, just cackling madly, just like, yes, I just yes! Want- you will hear me all the way up in your house, Honeywell, all the way across I, the country. I, I'm waiting for the first guy saber coptering down out of the sky and they, and they dub in, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> It would be great. So yeah, I'm. I I actually I have I've had zero feelings about Kenobi other than yeah I'll be good I'll watch it. But now I'm like excited for it because I'm just like I've always I've had a know. little extra star on it because it's got you and McGregor in it and I'm and I'm I'm I I like yeah I'm a I'm a sucker for it, sucker for it you know I'm I'm but like. I really yeah. I I really wanted to see you and McGregor be Obi Wan again so. But everybody knows how I feel about my Inquisitors. All of my Inquisitors. Like, I love my Inquisitorious. Every single one of them. Like, all of the Inquisitorious. I love them so much. And then I saw my Grande. And when I saw my Grande, I was just like... Oh, yeah, and he's yeah. gonna he's gonna live through this one too. So yes, you know. get that pretty cool to rebel. You don't have I to actually, you don't have to see your Grande die twice. You, you see actually, him suspended in amber for, for this. I, They'll just stick them in a back to take like Boba Fett. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, no, I actually, I, I said that to Megan earlier today. Cause um, when Megan saw the trailer, she called me. And I was. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How's your heart? <laughs> well, cause she was excited about Grande too. She was like, Oh my God, it's Grande. And I'm like, I know. Um, but I was like, that's the best part Megan. He's not going to die. And she was just like, don't tempt them hope. They'll find a way to retcon continuity. And I was like, don't, don't. Shut up! <laughs> Don't you do it? Don't say it. Oh, yeah. Like I'm finally excited because ah, I'm a slut for Inquisitors. All of them, every single Inquisitor. I love them all. I just oh, I can't wait. That's why I'm like calling it like the Inquisitors the series now. <laughs> Get me the Inquisitor oh, series. Geez. I'm here. So, um, but cut and run. This will be fun. We got a show. Yes, we got an episode. Yes. Yes, yes, and I haven't looked at my notes since yesterday. I don't remember any of my notes or my outline or my bullet points. So here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Cut and Run is the second episode of The Bad Batch. It aired on May 7th, 2021. It was written by Gersimran Sandu and directed by Stuart Lee. I practiced. Extra information for you. Kara Pifko, Kate Susie, and Nika Futterman all reprised their roles from the Clone Wars episode The Deserter as Sue, Jek, and Sha- uh, Shia Laquane. Never get- There's too many vowels in that name. Admiral Rampart is voiced by Norsher Dalal. 
His other works includes Hitmonkey, Call of Duty, Black Ops 3, and the Star Wars Squadron game. And finally, in this episode, the Empire implements a new form of galactic registration, the chain code. Similar to a social security number in the United States, chain codes were first used in the franchise... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Chain codes were first used in the franchise in the episode one of The Mandalorian. Uh, what... What'd you Hi, Yoda. Sorry, I'm having, to, I'm having to reread my question from yesterday. <laughs> Why did I ask you this? Oh, yes. A question for Yoda? I do have questions for Yoda. Um, but sorry. Sorry, Chris. I had to like, I was like, why did I write this? I had to remember. It's fine. Um, how are you, Yoda? Do you think you're going to be in the new Kenobi show? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Do you like... Do you like force? Haven't called Yoda. They haven't yet. So maybe we'll be CG Yoda or something like that. <gasps> what if they age up Grogu? <laughs> oh no no no! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They'll they'll, they'll age you down. They'll age you down. They'll age you down. It sounds like you're about to shoot off into space. Phew. <laughs> But, I, but yeah, like, maybe you'll, like, get to force call Obi-Wan in the series. Mm-hmm. Like, Skype him. Force Skype. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. I just realized. Boom, 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 boom. Yoda calling. I just realized there's probably a whole generation of people who will never use Skype who will understand that sound. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm old. Anyway, I got a question for you, Yoda. A question for Yoda, yes. Yeah. Yoda many questions. So, this is kind of a weird question, because I know you worked with younglings, um, but you were their teacher, so after you taught their lesson, you just had to let them go and go on to their next class. But in this episode, it was all about the Bad Batch learning to care for Omega. So, what would you have to do if you ever had to actually take care of a child? Yoda, Yoda babysat all the time. Yoda yeah, but, but you're know, like popular babysitter. But ra- not babysitting, raising a child. Uh, basically, same with younglings. Yeah, Yoda's very good with kids. Lots of piggyback rides. Yes. <gasps> Did you take care of Grogu when he was still in the temple? No. 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 Didn't like Grogu. What was was he like in the temple? What was Grogu like? Egg-eating snot. Eggs, eggs, love my eggs. Mm, Yum, yum, eggs. Was was he in detention a lot? Steal everybody's lunch, yes. (gasps) Was a bully he was. Bully. Really? Yes. Oh my goodness. Very unpopular, yes. Stole lunch money, yes. Gave gave many younglings swirlies, yes. <gasps> wow. Yes, yes. bad Grogu, bad Grogu. So no so piggyback he, ride. He wouldn't give you a piggyback ride, but you're bigger than him. Doesn't matter. Everybody gives Yoda piggyback rides and runs and jumps. Run and jump. Flip. Whee! But he's a baby. Yoda used to play games with all all of them. Had a had special game with Grogu. What was it? Hide and no seek. Mm. 
Oh, is that, is that how he survived Order 66? <laughs> he played hide and no seek. <laughs> he would play hide and no seek. I would play hide and go to sleep. <laughs> I actually... Oh, Hope has a story. When I was a nanny, I would play hide-and-go-seek with my kids. And I should preface this by saying they were middle school age. So they were they were not little, little kids. So I wasn't, like, abandoning them. But I found a hiding spot um, where I could fit under one of their beds. And I would sneak under there and, and like, take a nap. <laughs> and they would find me, like, 15 minutes later after my cat nap. I'd be like, you found me! And I have a 15-minute cat nap. So I actually, I really feel you there, Yoda. I totally understand. Mm, had, had, like, had, like, dust stuck to face from drool coming out of mouth while sleeping, yes? Yeah, once they figured yes. out that was my go-to hiding spot, like, I had to find another nap place. But, Yoda, like, it was, Yoda would it was, hide in the coffee pot. Like, right out in the open where no one's looking. Right in the coffee pot. <laughs> I just imagine, like, Mace goes to pour himself a coffee and you just, like, slide out into his cup. <laughs> like, hey. Hello? Like, you don't even fit in the cup. You just sit on top of the cup and just post, like, hey. Drink me. Oh. All right, well, Yoda, we gotta get to this episode, man. It's always great to hear you and to hear the dirt on Grogu. Oh, my goodness. Early he was. Yeah, very yeah. Popular. Yes, very unpopular. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, bye, Yoda. Bye. We understand that he's uh, probably lying, right? It's probably propaganda, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's probably lying. So, it's good to let him... Let him off. Uh, projection. Probably yeah. projection. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, God, hope. Hmm. I get to whip out <gasps> Bad Batch soundtrack. Ah! That actually you, goes along. You have like PTSD over those days of resistance. <laughs> don't, don't it was so it was so awful. It was so awful because like resistance had a different kind of soundtrack too. So like the other so like having Bad Batch and Rebels stuff music sounded like Bad Batch and Rebels, you know what I mean? And even using like yeah. the like John Williams music and stuff, it didn't sound the same. And yeah, it was it would have just been nice to have the feel of the actual show, Disney. Just saying. Yep, yep. Well, are you ready again to Act One? I to listen to. I want to listen am. to it too. Like there are there are certain like yep. tracks that when I hear them in the episode, I'm just like, I love this track. Yeah, that's a, I I mean I've been listening to the Bad Batch. Um, soundtrack and it's it's phenomenal mm-hmm. phenomenal I do have to wonder if it was because that was Michael Tavera because though I will say seasons three and four of Rebels has never been officially released you know you can still like oh, people has like yeah. made them and stuff like that but like um, they've yeah. never been officially released so we don't have season three four of Rebels in all of Resistance but I do have to wonder with Resistance if it's because it was Michael Tavera and so he's a completely different composer than Kiner. Um, so, yeah, maybe he just never wanted to release it. I don't know. So it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard hard to say that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as much his decision as it would be Disney's decision. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, actually, if it is his decision, that's pretty cool and, and good as far as artist stuff goes. But anyway, yep. act one.
with authentic music. Act one with authentic music. We open with nap time. Everyone's just chilling out and they're going through hyperspace and Rucker is like snoozing and Omega's out cold and Hunter comes in. He's just like, everything's peaceful. Look at them. They're wonderful. I love all this. Our new lives. But Echo comes in and he's just like, Hunter, Hunter, what are we going to do with a child? What do children eat? I don't understand. What the hell, man? We're not parents. What the fuck are we going to do? What are we going to do, Hunter? And Hunter's like, well, we'll figure it out, Echo. I don't know. Tech, are we on Salukamai yet? And like, Tech is like, yes, we are landing on Salukamai. So they zoom down to the planet that if you've seen the episode of The Deserter of Clone Wars, it looks very familiar. And they land. And the Bad Batch... The doors open and they come outside. It's just another day. But it's not another day for Omega. She slowly comes down the stairs. And then she breaks into her Rapunzel moment. Where she's feeling the dirt. And she goes, Just smell the grass, the dirt. Just like I dreamed they'd be. Just feel that summer breeze the way it's calling me. And like the first time ever, I'm completely free. And the Bad Batch is watching like, Hey, Omega, are you okay over there, sweetie? And she's like, I'm having a Disney princess moment. Shut up. I could go running and racing. And Hunter's like, we don't we don't have time for this, honey. I'm so sorry. There's a storm coming and we're on a time limit. But I'm glad you like dirt. <laughs> and... But and she's like, I love dirt. It's amazing. All right, well, I'll, I'll finish the song later. I'm just going to go. So, yeah. And they head on out. And as they're walking through the field, and Omega's just, like, touching everything because she's so just amazed at life. Um, Echo's like, so this deserter friend, huh? That's weird, guys. You have friends with a deserter. And Tech's like, why is it weird? We're deserters now. And, uh, and Echo literally has this look of on his face of... Everything is different now. So they come up on a trap, and like the like, Wrecker's like, "Oh, look at this puny trap!" And he steps on it, and these battle droids come out, and he's just like, "Oh, it's a trap!" And he shoots all the things, and out of the, I was about to say out of the air, but it's not the air, out of the field, is freaking Cut and Sue Laquane. And Hope screamed, and she fucking lost her shit, because I love Cut Laquane, I love Sue Laquane, relationship goals, I love them so much, and I fucking lost my mind, everybody, I lost my goddamn mind. So they go to Laquane house, and they're, like, giving them food and being beautiful hosts, and they start talking some, like, business and stuff like that, because they're like, yeah, so the war ended, that was strange how the clones turned on the Jedi and the Jedi are all dead. What's that about? And Cut's like, I don't know. Rex was talking about all this stuff with the inhibitor chips and shit. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, Rex? Like, Rex, Rex? Like, the Rex? And he's like, yeah, the Rex. The Rex came through here and he was all like, the clones killed the Jedi and it was weird. And Tech's like, yeah, because of the inhibitor chips. And Omega's like, yeah, I know about those too. And everybody kind of looks at them. They're like, whoa, we thought you knew that. We need to work on our communication skills. Sorry, everybody. Well, as they're talking about inhibitor chips and everyone's all freaked out, Jack and Shia run in. And Omega is just like, oh my god, children that are not my brothers that all look alike and are being child soldiers. 
and Jet, Jet and Shia are like, Oh my god! A child! Come play with us! And she's like, I don't know how to do that! And Omega runs outside with the kids. But there's actually a really cute moment that, like, as she's about to go outside, like, she looks back at Hunter, and Hunter's like, go on, you can go. And when Hunter turns around, Sue and Cut are just, like, smiling at him, like, hey! And Hunter has a look on his face of, like, what? <laughs> it's really cute. I love this. I love this entire episode. So they go outside, and Omega has to learn how to be a normal child. She has no concept of playing, and it's actually very Lion King 2 when Kiara is just like, Kovu, don't you know how to play? And he's like, what the fuck is playing? I'm a child of war. And it's all really sad. Somehow this turned into Lion King 2. This is a very Disney episode. Anyway, as this is all, the kids are playing and it's very sad but sweet. The cut comes over to Hunter and he's just like, hey Hunter, what's with her? And he's like, I don't know. She's a turned clone like us. Like, that's different. And Kat's like, mm, that's the thing about Geonosians. Not Geonosians. Whatever. Kaminoans. Got my species mixed up. That's the thing about Kaminoans. They just don't make things for fun, Hunter. She has a purpose. And he's like, I don't know. I'm just trying to keep her alive. And Kat's like, well, you're raising her now and you're in for a hell of a time, sweetie. And Kat's like, by the way, I can't help you much longer. Me and my family are not safe here because clone troopers are showing up on the planet and we gotta get the fuck out of here. So you gonna help me or not? And Hunter's like, yeah, sure, let's go. End of Act 1! <laughs> that was a little bit more rambly because I hadn't looked at my notes since yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, what just, did I write? <laughs> yeah, that one just lurches to an end there, yeah. It, so. This was a, one of those weird episodes <laughs> where it was kind of like five, like... One big act at the end, but then, like, five mini-acts before it. So I was just like, I guess it cuts here. <laughs> this yeah, is no, that's right. That's minutes. about where I cut it. Seven I mean, minutes, so. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I, the show cut into three, or is, like, divide, divided by three came up with nine minutes. So I was just, like, paying attention to what was going on roughly every nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, like, seven, five, and ten. Yeah, I think, it, was, because... it was something like that. But, um, so, what do you think of Act One? You know how we've been talking about how, like, oh, Omega, she's she's such a kid. She's absorbing, you know, she's a, absorbing everything, copying people and stuff. But I've been thinking about that, and and for what her like, you're calling it a Rapunzel moment. It was really uh, reminding me of Ray in The Force Awakens. I when have that. First I, went I off planet, like a, a sort of parallel to that. But then I was thinking. You know, it's it's part of her one of like the things that they've cloned or that they've tweaked on her is is that curiosity and learning because clones learn stuff like they can be trained. They seem to be trained into stuff where she's she's got like curiosity. Where have you ever seen a clone go like what a beautiful planet this is we're on? You ever looked around this planet? It's beautiful. Look at that building. That's neat, you know, or anything like that. It's all business with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, or just yeah. like, just like, oh wow, this ocean is awesome, or so you know, or something like that. Or, or I wonder how that, you know, you know, they, no curiosity about anything that doesn't, you know, directly go to the task at hand. So I think that's like, you know, her big, her big, like it's, it's not just her being a kid. And and if we're gonna talk about kids. Everyone there is a kid except for Sue, <laughs> basically, you know, 
all the clones are kids. Omega's a kid. She's older than the clones, you know. And and yeah, that's just a big group of kids running around, you know. And the clones have been <clears throat> trained mind, to act found like. Out- Keep in mind, we also found out in the season one finale, she's older than the bad bat. She's actually their big sister. Right, right, right. And she's, and but she's a little kid, you know. And mm-hmm. so, so like age, yeah, age wise, they're all little kids too. And like, just because you like, you you can you can get like, especially war will make little kids act like adults and stuff like that. And you can you know like the clones, they tweak their. But you can't like tweak, you can't train like emotional experience and, you know, life experience and you can't genetically put that into, as far as I know, anyway, I guess maybe if you believe that like your ancestors are in your genetics or something, you could maybe theoretically do that. But that would be like science fiction and not Star Wars fantasy style. But uh, yeah, so I think that's kind of her, her superpower. And uh um, two just small notes. I I want Cut's house. I love that house. I want to live in a house like that. And uh, you can do a good drinking game in this episode if you want to get like blind drunk and drink every time they say the word chain code. <laughs> they say chain code. They're saying chain, code, especially in this first act. That's why I was just like, I almost felt like grabbing one of them and just go say chain code again. Say it again. <laughs> What, what's that thing we need? Oh, a chain. Uh, oh, thanks. A chain code. Chain code. I'll try to remember that, but keep repeating it in case. <laughs> but that's all I got. This is a new concept for of Star Wars. We want to make sure you know it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I also had the note about race. It's going to be very important in the future. <laughs> um, I actually, I also had the note about Ray. Um, it is very much, especially when she's like, I've never seen, I never knew this much green existed in the galaxy. I think the line yeah. is. Um, but it, it was a running joke of, I, I think it was Allie, actually, our friend Allie, um, you know, the, uh, champion of the show. Um, she had actually edited that video to the song. Um, it was, it was so perfect. Um, but I do love Omega's little Rapunzel moment because it's a reminder to not take advantage of the little things. Cause even dirt can be a wonder, because she's never seen it before. And it's and I think so much in Star Wars when we have these like galaxy hopping adventures and we're going place to place to place, it's nice to have a character who has no concept of dirt. And it's just makes it But so she had wondrous. a storm when they first landed, so at least she had one thing familiar that she could identify with. <laughs> yeah, but like she has like, you know, and and that's why I like those little moments like this and like the one in with Ray where we have those like those set parts where like people get off planet for the first time and they get to see the rest yeah. of the galaxy. And I actually would love more did, of that. Did Ray have Ray had a uh, going into hyperspace moment too, didn't she? I that I don't remember, but I very specifically remember the I've never knew this much yeah. green existed in the galaxy. Yeah. Um, and then there's that moment where she's also feeling the rain for the first time and she's like smiling up at the sky, feeling rain. Um, well, I, I, I think that moment on the planet is is like one of the like major moments in that movie because it's like uh, it's I, I think that's where Ray is is first truly like linked up with the force when she gets near yeah. that much living matter. 
she's just like, yes. Yeah. The only other thing about the dirt is the animation of the dirt. Like, oh my goodness. Just like Omega walking through and seeing the dust come up around her feet. The yeah. animation is so pretty in the show. Well, and uh, all that says to me is like now they've got like. You know, as as time goes, because they're using like probably all these different animation programs to do everything. And they probably are just like, oh, man, they, they you know, this this program's got a, you know, they've got dust down. Let's let's uh, throw some nice dust in here. Yeah. And compare this to something like The Deserter. I remember us yeah. specifically when we were talking about The Deserter, like the like Jesse took off his helmet and we're like, his head's almost square. like i remember like as i made this conversation and just like from and just like looking at like sue and cut and how far that animation has come and yeah it's been about a good 10 years but like my goodness like so much in that like that 10 year period is like it's it's amazing how far this because sue and cut look amazing (laughs) um so yeah i love it i love it um Oh, sorry. I had a very painful tiny burp there. Oh, oh there we go. There's the bigger one. Huh. I hate when you have like, like a prequel burp and it's painful and you're like, it's still there. Oh, God. All right. Um, I I actually forgot about the scene where Echo is questioning questioning the merits of the deserter. And he's like, you guys know a deserter? Oh, my God. Like, I forgot about that scene. And I really like that scene because it's kind of a nice callback to the episode, The Deserter, because the whole episode is about Rex learning to trust Cut because he's like, you deserted us. Oh, my God. And Cut's like, yeah, I did. Here's my family. You want some dinner? <laughs> like, that's well, the it must episode. have been a little weird for Echo, too, because that means it was like a secret that Rex kept from him, too, right? Yeah. And, and actually, it would be a secret that, let's see, Jesse and Kix as well. Because they both knew about Cut McQueen. Actually, did they? No, they didn't. They didn't. Sorry, I don't think. I don't think Rex no. told anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I have a theory about that. Um, I'm about to get to in a second, but yeah, I'm I'm taking back what I just said because Jesse and Cut, Je- or Jesse and Kicks only met Sue. They didn't meet Cut. They had left before then, so only Rex met Cut. But yeah, but I I think that's also kind of goes to some of their like Echo's programming a little bit. Like, you know, deserters are bad. They're horrible things. But then when Tech has that line, well, we're all deserters now, Echo has that like look on his face of just like, oh shit, we are. And I like that moment because it's very much like they can't play by the old rules anymore. The world has changed. They're not playing by the Clone Wars rules. And it's a very nice moment for Echo as a character to be like, oh, shit, yeah, you're right, aren't we? Fuck. I'm, ca- oh, I'm calling him Tick from now on. Tick. I love Tick. how. I, lo- I love. Oh, my goodness. I, I love. Well, that's that's like. Omega. She, she got a little more. She like, has the Kiwi accent. She has yes, the um, actual Kiwi got- accent. Yes, and and it and it it's like way more pronounced than anybody had it and any of the other clones ever before. But I love that accent though. That that like it it's just got a really appealing ring to it. So like when she says stuff like "kick," it's it yeah. just and, and she actually awesome. like it's she actually calls herself Omega. Um, everybody else calls her Omega, but she calls herself Omega, and I it makes me like rather call her Omega. Because well, that's how she pronounces it. It's like the difference yeah, between yeah. like Kara and Kara. But I, it, you know, it, but I, I have probably, a friend named 
she might even be hearing Omega in her head, but like if you said to her, say Omega, she'd go Omega. <laughs> you but know? She I, is I saying be... Omega, but she's just saying it with with her accent. But yeah, I, I wouldn't mind doing tick and omega. But like the way I kind of think of it too is I have a friend named Kara and it's spelled like C A R A and she's like, My name's not Kara, it's Kara. And that and I was like, That's true. It's like if someone called me Hope. <laughs> like, you know. I so I so I get it. I, I, there, have you ever seen the movie? Uh, you probably have never seen the movie um, <laughs> Club Dread. Club Dread. It's a horror comedy. No. But there's there's a guy in there who who he has a crush on a girl and her name's Penelope, mm. but he he pronounces her name Penelope, and he just, <laughs> and, just and she just doesn't bother. It's like this like vacation island thing, so she just doesn't care. You know, he's like this like it's buff so guy that works there. And so he just calls her Penelope through the whole movie. And Penelope. you can see everybody wanting to correct him and just being like, ah, who cares? They're only here for the week. <laughs> she doesn't care. It's it's like Socrates and Bill and Ted. Socrates! Yes. <laughs> Socrates and Plato. I, I actually had a friend who named their kitten Socrates. <laughs> so so <laughs> every time I'd see the kitten, I'd be like, Socrates! <laughs> Um, so about Rex and and Rex keeping things from Echo, um, there's a theory that I really love because when they are when Sue and Cut arrives, Sue says, "What do we have here? More clones who lost their way." And of course, we then found out that Rex had just come through. But there was a theory going around, and I really like this theory that if during the Clone Wars, while the Clone Wars were still going on, if Rex came across clones that were unsure about their Ooh, the underground railroad theory yeah that he would send them to cut and sue to yeah. help them find a new life and i really like that theory um yeah i mean so i mean because I'm, I'm i'm sure in the episode sue was talking about rex because they just missed him like the day before but i do like that idea that like if Rex saw somebody who was struggling. He would be like, "Well, you know, I have these friends on Salukamai. You can go. Yeah. His name is Cut. He lives here. Go talk with him." And like he helped other clones find their way. Um, yeah, it's it's a cute little theory that I I very much subscribe to. <laughs> um, Omega's happy little voice when she catches the ball and she looks at Hunter and she's like, "I got it! <laughs> I." I love her, and she's I'm so I'm doing precious. the thing. I know, but she's so she has that like childlike wonder, and like I know I was joking about Lion King too, but it's kind of the same feeling that like Kovu has in that movie, like when Kiara's teaching him how to play, um, because it's it's kind of sad that Omega's having to learn how to play with other children because she has no concept of play. And she is representing all these poor clones that to, like they probably is, have no yeah. concept of play either. No, this is typical. This is typical of life after a war. Yeah. Kids, kids who kids who didn't get to be kids, you know, and, you know, and and the clones are like an exaggerated version of kids who had to be soldiers. So. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. And so, like, while it's a very cute scene, it's also, like, a super sad scene as well. And it gives me, like, all these feelings. Yeah. You're never and... going to get away from that stuff with the, when you're dealing with the clones, though, because the clones are just a, like, 
horror the more the more you think about them they're just a horrifying and tragic situation as a whole you know friendly reminder most clones that we see in the clone wars are between the ages of 10 and 12 yeah <laughs> 10 and 12 and that is not yeah, how you and drive their a car. and their life and death is in the hands of grand moff tarkin you know let me see the baby oh i'm nancy um that's all i have for act one did you have anything else no i'm all ready for act two me too hold on i'm just gonna look through it right fast where did i leave off okay when they said okay i I couldn't remember where i left off because this was from yesterday i don't have concept what did i have for lunch i don't know what did i have for lunch (laughs) a fifth of vodka no, I had a sandwich and oh. ricotta. I've 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 gotten on a kick where, and, and it's not always. I don't always have the kick, but all it is is a little cup of half cup of ricotta cheese with some honey drizzled on top and stirred together. And it's like oh, dessert cheese. It's really tasty. It's just oh. ricotta with honey, and I love it. Anyway, yeah, because ricotta is like already like almost sweet because it's almost it's what sweet. they use. Yep. And, it, and they use in, like, cannolis and, like, desserts and stuff like that. But, like, yep. that little drizzle of honey on top and you stir it all together. It's just, like, eating, like, almost just melted ice cream It's not that different texture. from, like, Greek yogurt or something, you know, with honey on it. Yeah, I, I don't like, I, I personally don't like Greek yogurt. I think it's, I think it's okay. It's not my favorite. But it actually reminds me of, like, melted ice cream almost. But with, the like, texture to it. So, anyway, act two. Act two. Thank you for coming to Cooking Time with Hope. Act two. So Hunter and Cut go into town, and this is where Chris's drinking game begins. Please don't drink every time they say change code, because you'll be dead. And Hunter's like, so how do you, like, disappear, Cut? And Cut's like, oh, well, first of all, you have to stop being a soldier. And Hunter's like, I, I don't know about that. And Cut's like, and then you have to focus on being yourself. And Hunter's like, being an individual in a specialty unit of clones that are different from the rest of the clones? I don't know about that. And he's like, it's fine, because now we have to talk to the sassiest, most gorgeous, and adorable, sassy little Alina ever. And she is great, and she puts her hands on her hips, and she, like, gives them hooded eyes, and she's like... Hey, what can I help you with? And Cut is kind of not awkward. He's just like, I need to, I need to get off, get off the planet with my family. She's like, mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you're gonna need a chain code. And he's like, what's a chain code? And she's like, listen to this video now of plot. See the video plot, and then we see a video of Admiral Rampart, who is apparently the villain of the show, but he's like barely in the show, so whatever. Um, and he's just like, hello, citizens of the Empire. Do you want to fly? Do you want your basic necessities? Do you want your health care and your medicine and your EpiPens and your insulin? You need a chain code for that. Come register and get your thing for basic fucking necessities. Because the Empire loves you. Loves you so much that we'll hold it against you and you'll die before you get your insulin injections if you don't have a chain code. Haha! And Cut's like, fuck me, I can't have that because I'm a deserter and I'll be arrested. And Hunter's like, we'll figure it out. Goodbye, 
very sassy Alina. She's like, mm-hmm, bye. Uh, you never see me again, but I'm great. And they're like, yes, you are. So back at the farm, and the kids are playing outside, and the adults are freaking out because they're like, I don't know what to do about this chain code thing. And they're all, like, trying to figure things out. And the kids are playing. And Omega throws the ball out past the fence, and she's like, I'll go get it. And Jet's like, no, don't go get it. That's bad. And then he leaves to go pack with his sister. And Omega is just like, well, I'm going to go get that ball anyway. I don't take no for an answer. So she goes out through the fence, and she runs out. And Jet and Shaya turn around, and they're like, where the fuck is Omega? And they see her, and they're like, Omega! Oh, God! And she's like, look, I got the ball! I did it! And they're like, don't move! Don't move! Don't move! There's a thing! And she turns around, and out of the grass comes a Nexu with really doofy paws. <laughs> its paws are so fucking big. I don't remember their paws being this big in Attack of the Clones. I just was always focused on like their bajillion teeth and mouth. But this thing difference paws, between difference between animation and and real real you know life. What, you know what it reminds me of? A boxer puppy where yes. they have these tiny little bodies but these big <laughs> Fucking they, calls. They, they, don't, they grow they don't into their feet. Walk. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was a young one and he had to grow into his feet. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, there's a big doofy paw next you coming out. And and it's all like, I'm going to eat you. It's like, hi, I'm going to eat you. And, uh, and like, it's like, please don't eat me. And all the kids run inside. And they're like, mom, dads, and other dads, your daughter's about to die. And the parents spring into action. And fucking Sue LaQuain gets her ass up on the roof in like five seconds flat with a fucking gun. And she starts shooting the Nexu from the roof. And Hunter runs out there and he dives through the barbed wire and he pulls out his Rambo knife and he's guarding his daughter. And, he, and the Nexu's all like, I just want to have dinner. Why are you hurting me? And Hunter's like, get back, you fucker. And he stabs the thing. And, and the Nexu's like, ow! I don't like this! And Sue shoots again, and the Nexu's like, You guys are mean! I just, I'm gonna go have takeout! And the Nexu runs away, and Hunter and Omega dive back into the fence, and Hunter starts yelling at Omega, who's clearly horribly upset, and like hiding her face, and like hugging the ball. But then, Cutlock Plane comes in with dad vibes, and he's like, Easy there. She's not a soldier. And the Bad Batch get to watch how dads work because he comes down and he's just like, hey, Omega, are you okay? Are you hurt? I must, you know, this is how you be a soft, a soft daddy and you take care of them. And he picks her up. He's like, it's okay, sweetie. You're so sweet. We all love you. And the Bad Batch is like, it's like magic. How did he do that? How did he do that? It's like magic. We, we're, we never had parents. Uh. And so, Cut carries Omega off, and Hunter is just like, Oh my god, Tech, can you make chain codes? And Tech says one of my favorite lines of the episode. He was like, I just found out about them, but yes. <laughs> I love that line. And they're like, you're going to make chain codes because you're getting Cut and the kids and Sue off the planet. Cool. So, Omega's on the Bad Batch ship, feeling sad. I'm only mentioning this because it's a plot point. Anyway, so Sue comes out and talks to Hunter, and Hunter's like, I don't know how to be a dad. 
And Sue's like, all you have to do is keep them alive and protect them. They're gonna find trouble, sweetie. You just have to be ready to get them out of trouble. And Hunter's like, I still don't know how to be a dad, Sue. I want you and Cut to take Omega with you. And Cut's like, uh, you want us to adopt your child? He's like, yes, please. I don't know what to do with my life. And Sue's like, uh, does Omega want that? He's like, it's what she needs. Even though I'd miss her, and I'd miss her hanging out with us, because I've only known her for, like, 48 hours, but she's mine. And Din Djarin kicks him door, he's like, yeah, I know how that feels, bro. <laughs> Din leaves with his baby. Meanwhile, during all this, Echo and Tech are having a talk on the Bad Bat ship, and Echo's like, I can't believe all these people, all of the galaxy, are signing up to be numbers. I mean, the clones bought their entire 10 years of existence to have identity. And now everyone's going crazy to lose their identities to be numbers. And Tech's like, oh, this is genius. Like, this is how, like, you know, a totalitarian government registers people to have a database to track them at every point in time. You know, not great. But I have a plan, and they have a plan to get their ship impounded because they have to get into the facility to get the MacGuffin to get the people off the planet. It's a MacGuffin plan. They have to get into the thing. And then they start the plan, and their ship gets towed to go to the place to get the MacGuffin. And as they're starting the plan, they call up Hunter, and they're like, hey, our plan's in order. Like, start getting people to the shipyard. And Hunter's like, Tech, tell me something. Before you left, did you check the ship? And he's like, no. Why? Like, because Omega's on that ship, you fucking idiot! And Omega, like, spins the chair around, and she's like, yeah, let's go! And Tech and Echo are like, fuck us. Fuck. Fuck us. Fuck. And Omega, too! <laughs> yeah, I just, I just get a, I, I just laugh every time I, find, I hear that they're in the Omicron model of their ship. Their ship's in <laughs> Omicron. But um, it okay. Has a completely different meaning nowadays in COVID times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just it was just a little ahead of that curve, but it didn't flatten it. Oh, that's the same thing. <laughs> ha, ha, honk, honk. Um, ha ha ha! Christ. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When did this um, come out? Twenty twenty one. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, May, so we were a year into COVID, but this was already made well before then. Anyway. Um, okay, so it, now we, okay, that my only note is, is I'm going to play off your MacGuffin thing. Okay, so I know we have to have a scene later where they, where, where they, the, the, like, when, when the kid, like, tells his dog, you know, he can't have his dog anymore. He's like, go away. I don't like you anymore. The, like sends a dot, you know, they have to have the like, or, you know, or the like, go, you know, go be safe with your new mom and dad moment with Omega. Uh, very similar to Jaren trying to pawn him off or, you know, thinking about pawning him off. There was, there's, there's a lot of that in the beginning of, of, uh, Filoni shows. Cause that was what happened to, um, Ezra too. That's true. Cause in Rise of the Old Master, like, Kaden's like, oh my god, Luminara is like, alive. I, I like this kid. I gotta get him the hell out of here, though. <laughs> yeah, because he's just I, like, oh my I, yeah, god. I gotta get him to a real Jedi. But um. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Because he was like, oh my god, Luminara, she's gonna train you. And Ezra's like, but I don't want her to train me. You're my dad now. But everything could be so much easier in this, and and you you could you know, I mean, 
you might have to do the subplot of getting a chain code because Cutton and his kids and Sue should have chain code. Everybody should have chain codes just to like fake their way through. And maybe you could make that a story element. But why don't you know when Cutler Quaid they're like, oh, you can't leave without chain codes. Why don't they just go? Why don't you come with us? We'll take you wherever you need to go. Because the Bad Batch aren't chain coding out of there on a on a. They say that in the episode. That they did. I that I must have missed it. What was the reason they, that they couldn't just take them in? Like because um Hunter offers and he's like, well, we can take you take you anywhere you need to go. And Cut says, no, you're wanted men. That's dangerous for my family. Because they're still wanted. They defected from the Empire. It's true, but still, he's got, still got to. It's still he's still got to do some danger with his family to get to to get off the planet in the first place anyway you know yeah i mean it's plot I, I mean yeah 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 but that's that's just the thing it's just like it would have been so much easier if easy, they're like we'll just drop you off at the next planet then you know if it was but then they would still run into this next the same thing because they're registering everybody in the galaxy yeah 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 well so that's the thing. Uh, they could have just done it like okay well we'll we will we'll pull out the same scam to get the chain codes to get everybody chain codes to get out of there and i don't know they grabbed like the five chain codes that they needed but why didn't they just grab echo does. All he, of this? He, like, he, echo grabs an six, entire box yeah because because uh, well like yeah because i was gonna say those chain codes are worth gold if you like go out uh, like half of there you could trade people who uh yeah uh, like they're like burner phones but yeah, that's how they, that's all i really had for for this part because e- echo does grab the entire box like we only see tech make the five but he takes the whole box okay, with them good. because because the bad batch needs them too yeah so yes so all your things were answered uh <laughs> which one of these do i want to start with i'll just start at the top um something i i will say that i really like about the bad batch series as a whole um uh, oh that wasn't it sorry um something i like about the entire series as a whole is they i really enjoy seeing how they transition from the republic to the empire because you know palpatine had all this shit waiting in the wings and the moment that republic fell he was just like chain codes go yeah (laughs) um but it's just the little things showing the transitional period like the very first like when when cut and hunt cut and hunt cut and hunter come into the marketplace hunter's confused he's like why are there more soldiers arriving the war's over like they should be pulling out and it's because the government is clamping down and then of course it is the concept of the chain codes um to register everybody in a databank to make them easy to track and then you have like little things like the ships being seized to tag every single ship and it's like these things are holding citizens back and it's like if you want your basic rights to like travel and like get access to things you have to be a registered citizen which was different with the the republic so like it's stuff like this that i think the bad batch does really really well to show the shift from the republic to like this totalitarian empire that's just like clamping down on basic life things and medicare and like the things they need Unless they're registered. And I I just, I think it's really well done in this series. Because we see it throughout the entire series. Like, it's a, you know, we keep seeing more and more of the Empire clamping down. But this is just, like, one of the earliest examples. And it's really well done. Yeah. <clears throat> Everything is just messy and dark. Mm-hmm. And kind of foreboding. Like, and up it's, in the air. 
and like it's such a different feeling because you know we we just spent seven years of the like seven seasons of the clone wars where like the clones are our friends and like we trust them and we love them but now that order 66 has happened they're the enemy and it's such a different feel to seeing like the bad batch like killing other clones to get out of there and it really does change the feeling because they're not their brothers anymore, but they still are. And it's like, it's so different to being like seeing like Hunter just shoot a clone point blank in the chest. <laughs> like yep. it's, it's such a different feeling. And it's, 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 it's kind of like what we were talking about, like in the first, I think it was the first episode of Rebels. We talked about this, um, where it's now in the empire, you're killing people, not battle droids. And it does give it a different feeling like when Callus kicks a man to his death for a gag because he murders a fucking person in episode one. It's not a battle droid. It's a human being. And it just gives everything a different feel. Yeah. Well, all the other clones have gone from brothers to others. They've yeah. had their BRs removed. Yeah, because there's also that scene at the end where Cut is getting on the ship. And the clone stops him, and he's just like, you look like... And, yeah. like, he just can't really see him anymore, because Cut is such you an individual like now. <laughs> but sort and, of. Yeah, because, like, Cut is yeah. such an individual, and he's not in line with everything else. And it's no, almost you, like they can't see him. He was, him. like, a few seconds away from figuring it out when he got distracted, luckily, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, and it could have been bad, but there's the fact that he didn't recognize him right away and just been like, oh, you're a clone, just like the rest of us. Like, it shows that there is kind of a veil over the clone's eyes at this at this time now. Um, I love the entire Nexu scene. I've watched that scene multiple times. It's not only my favorite scene of the episode, it's one of my favorite scenes of the series. I love everything about it. Just, it's... First of all, I just love seeing all the parents go into parent mode. And, like, because, you know, I, I have 14 nieces and nephews. I've also been a nanny and a camp counselor. When there's a kid in danger, it's, like, it's scary. And you do sometimes accidentally yell just because you're so scared yeah. as, a, as an adult. Yeah. Well, and, anybody who's ever had parents and, and done something stupid mm -hmm. or been about to, you know walk out into the I just saw a parent do that to the kid the kid was the kid was just launching out into the street you know and he was like you know 13 years old or something and the parent just like boom just like his name just shot out of his mouth and the kid stopped you know because it was just pure panic mm -hmm. and I, and it was I, funny because I was coming across the road like and so and like somebody who was with the family you know it was like two families like like the other mother goes like oh well he probably saw that man crossing the road and knew that there wasn't a car coming and and then i go yeah but you gotta be careful with that too because i got hit right over there just um, like two months ago <laughs> yeah so i got to i got to be in on the the parenting a little bit like but yeah my... I, it was just pure reaction he was just like Rah! Yeah, my mom said that... The I have a most, cat, man. I know how it feels. My mom said the most fear she ever felt, and I remember getting yelled at for this because she was so scared, was it had been it had been raining. And, like, the end of our driveway, it had, like, a little divot in it, so whenever it rained, it made it this huge puddle. My mom specifically told me, 
when the bus comes, don't step in the puddle, jump over the puddle. And me being a child, I was like, okay. Um, so I was really, apparently, I, I don't remember any of this either. I just remember like my mom yelling at me and screaming at me. And then my bus driver yelling at me and screaming at me too. Um, and I was like, why is everyone yelling? Um, and I listened to my mom and I jumped over the puddle at the same time, a garbage truck blew through our bus's stop sign and was apparent, like almost hit me. I don't remember any of this. I was so focused on the puddle, I guess. Right. <laughs> but like my mom, like barreled out of the car and grabbed me and started screaming at me. Oh yeah. And, I'm sure she saw, saw hers and your life flash in front of her. <laughs> yeah. And like, but I, and I'm so like, I remember that feeling of I like being the Omega in that moment. I'm just like, why is everyone yelling at me? Cause I was scared. Cause I was, and then I got on the bus and my bus driver started screaming at me too. Like, don't do that. <laughs> and it's, it's such a relatable thing. Like I've had those moments where either the kid I was nannying or like one of my nieces, my nephews are does something and like you hear them cry or they're in danger and like your heart just drops and it's a fear reaction but it's a fear reaction out of love so like i it's this scene with the nexu is so palpable and relatable on so many different notes because you've either been the hunter or the omega or the both at some point in your life and i love how cut comes in there with just like the chill vibes of just like like teaching them how to do this productively and not saying there's anything wrong with hunter reacting in a fear reaction because yeah. all the bad batch had no fucking clue and they were all scared because they all love omega and there's that scene where like cut carries omega off and if you look at the other four guys of the bad batch they all look so lost they just they have no yeah. clue what to do and like it's like when someone record, hands me a baby i'm just like eh. oh i i smell them i love the smell of babies um newborn babies newborn babies have a very specific smell and they only have them for about six months and then after that they smell like spoiled milk but if you can smell a baby in the first six months of their life it smells so good um any mom out there just went yes <laughs> or any parent they just went yes babies have smells um but you know like wrecker has it's just like oh my god kid are you okay and like echo and tech they have no clue what to do and so i like that like teaching moment that cut shows them not in a, like a demeaning way either just like hey are you okay are you hurt? the important thing is you're not hurt and he shows them how to do it productively and then like omega on the ship afterwards um this like you know she takes off her headband which is like the symbol of her past life and she's just like so confused she's confused because like this isn't going the way she wants she's on this new adventure she's not really adjusting in the bad batch so that's very relatable of her like trying to fit in in this found family but also it's a new place like this entire scene is so well done beginning to end from the moment Mega throws the ball past the fence to her sitting on the ship crying like that five minute chunk is like one of my favorite moments of the series it's just so well done with every single character even like jet and shaia like freaking out because like kids are just like oh my god the other child is dying parents help yeah. us <laughs> like it's just so relatable and realistic and i love it i love this scene i've just rambled for five minutes about a nexu with his big doofy paws do <laughs> <sighs> you have anything else or can i go to my next note <laughs> no i'm 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 good um, the only other note I have is actually about uh, Echo and Tech's conversation. 
Um, because we're starting to see more of the effects of Order 66, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, about, like, the veil coming over the clones. But it's also very interesting because, and, and sad in a way, because Echo, you know, that's what Fives fought for. You know, and Fives was Echo's best friend. And Fives fought for the identity of all the clones. And now they're all back to numbers again in a post-Order 66 world. And I just, I, I find that conversation really interesting. Especially when text like, yeah, it's genius. This is how governments work. <laughs> it's genius. But also in a bad way. So I just, I really like that conversation that the two of them have. Yeah, they, they're the two that would know the most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rucker's just there to have a good time. Hunter's trying to figure out how to be a parent. Crosshair is fucking left. And, like, you know, you have the smart guy in the reg. You know, the reg who fought for his identity has now been blown up and lost his identity again. And was, now was, trying- yeah, it was wired into the, the basically, their machine Any also. <laughs> you know, that's something I hope we see in season two, because I really do like the work they've done with Hunter and Omega and some with a little bit with Wrecker, too, this season. But like after this episode, like Echo and Tech are just kind of there. I would, it's like Echo is this fascinating like bundle of characters. Yeah, Echo has a lot of stuff to to play on, you know. And I hope when we get into season two, like you know, Tech's my favorite. I said that in episode one. I love Tech, um, but I really want Echo's story because he has so much there of having to refine his identity twice. And so much baggage. And, like, he represents the normal guy. You know, they're all these amazing, magical super clones. And he's just the guy. And I want to see more of him just being the guy. <laughs> um, but also... Well, being he's, kind still, of, he's still modified. He's, he's, he's still modified, like, but, like... metaphorically like them, basically. He, he is. He is. But not, like, in his brain and his heart. Like, he's still a reg. And... There's so, and we see that throughout the the series because he has this moral compass that constantly butts up against Hunter. And we like in the middle of the season that really comes up when when you know we run into the Martez sisters or when Rex shows up. And there's a moment where I thought Echo was gonna leave with Rex because Echo's like we should be fighting this empire, and Hunter's like no, I want to be safe. And as Hunter's like middling this whole season, Echo's the one that's going. We should be fighting. We're like, we are soldiers. We should be doing something. Like, like he has this moral compass that butts up against Hunters. But because Hunters kind of the main focus of the season, Echo doesn't doesn't get to kind of push that line more. So I hope when we get into season two, we get to see Echo push that more because he really is that moral center of the rest of them. And yeah, that's my Echo box. I love Echo. I, I think he's a really good character too, and I really want more of him. Yeah. Ah, time to wrap the puppy. Get the prep. Prep up those big old paws. Mm, I I do think the next is cute, even though it's it's pretty much a boxer puppy. <laughs> those big old doofy paws. Boxer puppies are cute. They are. I, that's not that's not a slight. Like I had a I had a friend puppies who had a boxer. What puppies aren't cute? That's true. Even ugly puppies are like cute even, in an ugly like, way. Yeah, well, even the like full-grown ugly dogs when they're little tiny ugly dogs, they're cute. I so. mean, I had a pug, and 
that girl was cute in a horribly awful way. <laughs> she would just yeah. like, yeah. Like, I, 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 I know what I understand about pugs. I one time like looked down at my pug and she had some drool coming out of her mouth and a snot bubble at the exact same time. And she just tilted her head in a certain way. And I was like, you're so fucking cute and gross. <laughs> you, yeah. I miss you that are. dog. I miss my pug. You are a genetic abomin you are a genetic abomination and you are just the coolest little thing. In the world. She she would cock her head a certain way and like it would just like everything was fixed. Like like she would just turn her head just that that one way and I'd be like, You're adorable. I love you. Fuck oh my god. <laughs> so I miss my pug. I would never have another pug. They're very high maintenance. But I do miss they're, that. They're high maintenance. They're 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 very uncomfortable animals because they're just overbred into like crazy you she know breathing problems snorting and, and itching snorting snort itching they're the itchiest dogs in the world mm -hmm. that like that i had a friend who had like five dogs and that she was a super dog person and those dogs like that one of them was a pug and all the dogs would just like you, they could tell the pug was just going nuts because it was itchy and they would all like gather around the pug and like lick it and scratch it. And like <laughs> and if and if they weren't doing that, the pug was like at your side, just going scratch me, scratch me. I itch. Yep. And then they have <laughs> this oil, forever. they secrete itch oil. Forever. So then your hands smell like them because they secrete oil. Yes. So, yeah, yes, like, they, secrete, they secrete everything always. <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's always. true. I mean, when, whenever we had a, whenever we had to bathe Lucy, we had to get Q-tips and like dig into her wrinkles <laughs> to clean out her wrinkles. No, like they're, yeah. yeah. But I love this dog. I would never have yeah, another no. pug, but I loved her. Like she was, she was, uh, she was a mess. Anyway, yeah. Act Three. Act Three. They start the Mordelkin plan. And they, the, the tow truck lands and drops their ship. And the clones, the regular clones come on the ship and they're like, oh, this place is messy. It smells gross. Let's leave. And they leave. And Echo and Tech like pop out of the ceiling and Echo jumps down. And then Tech jumps down in a very cute moment. He holds up his arms and he catches uh, uh, Omega and like sets her down. And she's like, I'm ready to help Tech. And you know how last week I was like, Tech treats her like an individual. We see that's true here because Echo's like, no, you're not helping us. You're going to stay here where it's safe. And in the rest of the act, Tech's like, oh, look, Omega's running off. You go, girl. <laughs> he treats her like an equal. And that's why I love Tech. Um, so Echo heads out to go get the MacGuffin data chips for the chain codes. And he runs across the shipping thing and he gets up in the little shipping hold area where the things are and he breaks into it and he opens a safe and there's an entire box of chain code discs and he takes the entire box because he's smart and during all this as they're doing all the mcguffin stuff hunter and wrecker arrive with cut and suit spaceport and there's a cute little moment where right when they arrive hunter goes to call tech and echo and in the background wrecker bumps his head on a sign and it's just like a nice little callback to a new hope <laughs> where the starship bumps his head on the sign it was really funny anyway um so he's like hey guys we're here where are the chain codes and tech's like we're getting them all together and then we'll run them to you but oh no there's a problem because it's you know, Star Wars, and there's always problems. And they look out the window, and there's a shit ton of soldiers outside. And Tech's like, huh, 
I think they would see us. We have to figure this out. And Echo's like, you didn't think that there would be people here? He's like, I don't know. It's us, Echo. We make up shit off the top of our head. And during all this, Omega takes the discs herself. And she picks them up and she runs out there. Because she's a child and no one would suspect a child. And Echo's like, oh my god, where's Omega? And Tech's like, there she is. Look at her go. She's fine. She's one of us. She's a bad batch member. Why is everyone freaking out about this? And Rekka's like, I'm coming, Omega. And Hunter's like, Tech, babysit better. And Tech's like, I literally don't know why you guys are not treating her like an equal. She's a clone. Like, calm the fuck down. All of you. So Rekka runs over to help Omega. And Echo, like, goes out to start getting the boot off their ship because more MacGuffins. And as she's running, Omega accidentally runs into a droid. And the droid's like, oh, hey. And Omega's like, stop screaming, droid! And the droid's like, ah, 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 ah! And then Rucker breaks the droid. And he's like, you got this little kid. We believe in you. And she's like, thanks, Rucker. I'm glad someone does. And Rucker's like, Tech believes in you because he's the best. Run to Hunter. He's over there. And she's like, okay. And she starts running. And in the middle of all this, some clones see Rucker. And they also see Echo, and some pew-pews start going everywhere, and it's just like, fight breaks out, pew-pew-pews everywhere. So as all the pew-pew-pews are going off in the background, you know, three blocks away, Omega runs over to the chain codes, which is, shit was getting tense, because Cut was like, where's the chain codes? We're almost at the gate, where's the chain codes? And Omega shows up, she's like, I got them! And she's like, but I don't understand, Tech made five, what does that mean, Hunter? And Sue and Cut just look at Hunter like, you didn't tell her? And Omega's like, tell me what? And Hunter's like, okay, okay. Omega, you know, you know, we've been together like 48 hours. And it's been a really good 48 hours. And Omega's like, why are you crying? He's like, I gotta get through this. I gotta get through this. And he like turns, he's like, dead. How did you do this with your son? And Den takes off his helmet and there's tears on his face. He's like, Luke took my child, Hunter. I don't have my baby anymore, but I'll get him back in the book of Bubba Fett. And Hunter's like, good for you, man. Good for you. Omega, I love you, but you're going with Cut and Sue. And Omega's upset. And probably in the most heartbreaking line, she asks, what did I do wrong? And, like, Hunter has this look on his face of, like, oh, my God, she thinks she's messed up. And she's like, why are you sending me away? And he's like, it's for the best. Go with Hunter. Like, they can give you this life. Like, they're actual parents. Go with them. And so Omega is sad, and she follows Cut and Sue. And it's all tense, because, like, they just made these chain codes. And Cut and Sue, like, give them to the clone. And, like, you know, like... Cut's keep, keeping his head down and Sue comes over and holds his hand because they're the best couple and I love them and it's relationship goals. And they're clear to go. But Omega doesn't want to go with them. And Sue, Sue looks down and she's like, what do you want, sweetie? And she looks up at Sue with the biggest sad face on. But meanwhile, pew pew pews are happening in the background. And Hunter runs over there. He's just like, I'm here, guys. I'm here. Let's get the fuck out of here. And they're like, we can't. There's a MacGuffin on our ship. And Rucker's like, I got the MacGuffin. And he breaks off the MacGuffin. And they're like, yeah, we can fly now. And as they're all getting on the ship in the pew pew pews, Rucker's like, well, where's Omega? And Tech's like, yeah, where's Omega? Why are you treating her weird, kid? Hunter? And Hunter's like, it was for the best. And Omega goes, I'm here. Wait for me. They 
all turn around. There's Amiga, but clones are coming in. And Hunter's like, I'm a dad now. And he runs out there and he stabs some clones. And he's like, I'm sorry, this is my baby. And he picks up Omega and he throws her on the ship. And he's like, we gotta get out of here, guys. And as they're getting on the ship, he looks over. And he sees that Cut and Sue have gotten on the shuttle. And they're off to their new life, safe and sound. He's like, Godspeed, Rebels. Cut Laquain and Sue Laquain and your kids. Godspeed. But don't do the hold on maneuver, because that would be a bad bad ending to the story. (laughs) And he gets on the ship, and the Bad Batch haul ass out of there. They fly in the space, and they leave. And so they're all like, whoa, that was crazy. And Tech's like, I know. Well, let's go flying. And, like, Wrecker's eating stuff, and Echo's relaxing. And Omega walks into the back to go talk to Hunter, and she sits down, and she's like, look, I choose you. I chose to go with you. I don't want to be with anybody else. I know it's going to be dangerous, and I know I have a lot to learn. I know I messed up. But don't dump me again, because I chose you to be my family. Don't dump me. And Hunter's like, you know what? You're right. You're officially part of our Bad Batch team now. And I'm sorry I was a dumbass. And I should listen to Tech more because he never treated you any other way. You're part of us now. And she's like, awesome. And they fly away. The end. Yeah, I feel they should have just figured that out. Like, I mean, she's older than them. The only thing that really. They don't know that she's older than him. The only thing that's. uh, They don't find that out until the finale. the, The only thing that really sets them apart, like, is that their training, their physical size and their training in war, but they could get her up to speed in just a few minutes. And like, like you were pointing out, like tech under tick understands that, you know, he, he, cause he's like, not, he doesn't have the emotional level on it. You know, he's more the intellectualizing it. And he's like, yeah, they designed her to be, you know, they don't design clones like this, not to kick ass not to be little kick asses and something, you know. I so one of the fun things about Tex is Tech is that he does kind of assume that everybody else knows what he knows, because that yeah. is a running joke. So he might just uh, just think that they know that, and he's just like, "Why are you guys all being dumb?" Something well, that, that I makes have him more of an appealing character, to be honest, because if he was mm-hmm. like, if he was, if he was like, um holding his intelligence you know or, or insulting it. he does make little jokes at people but it's just the way they like you know pe- friends joke with each other but he doesn't like hold his intelligence over them or like be like look you dummies you know yeah listen here yeah. you chowderheads something that i i have seen floating around that i really like this read is that tech is neurodiverse so he's like a little bit on the spectrum so he, he actually has difficulty reading emotions um and, and we actually see that a lot of times and i really like that read on tech um yeah well yeah i think he's been like yeah they genetically they genetically kept kept yeah kept like genetically subdued he's not without emotions but he is definitely more distanced from them and is is yeah and that's a season two thing i would love to see is like a story of like tech kind of learning to emote and at least understand that because you're them. right 
yeah, all of them to take to to round to to round out their per, you know round out their personalities and their you know their their humanity you know mm-hmm. now that they now that they you know technically can be human beings now they're 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 un untethered from their responsibilities of being soldiers you know they they're now there's new sets of skills that they would need or just to have to be living you know functioning humans you know and and i think that's like kind of my frustration with like the middle back half of the season because it does feel like it's just kind of middling because hunter's like yeah we'll just do these jobs to make money and like Echo's the one that's just being like the moral compass and the other guy, everybody else is just kind of going along with it. So you have about like two yeah. to three episodes in the back half of the middle back half where it just feels like, like nothing is, it, it feels like a Clone Wars adventure of the week episode uh-huh. and which I don't necessarily mind, but I do kind of mind in a show where I'm like, you could be doing something with like tech echo or record to give them character development development. Uh- it reminds me of like when a kid goes off to college or when, or when I, or did I say that it reminds me of when I went off to college, you know, and you go off to college. You're, now you're on your own tech, you know, technically for the first time, you know, you got you got roommates and classmates and stuff like that. And you're meeting people and stuff like that. But it's very you're 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 it's it's in a very like and like, you know, like when you're in high school and stuff like it's like. Or, or when you, you think of like moving on from one stage of your life into other to like, you know, you you have your rites of passage and graduation and stuff like that. And boom, you're in the next phase of your life. But a lot of times, like you go into that next phase of your life and it's just sort you're of like, what the fuck do I do? It's yeah, And it's not that much, di- you know, it ha- like it's just like, OK, things fundamentally, you know, have it fundamentally changed that much or whatever i'm not really sure what's going on and because you don't know what's you you know you're just you're you're so so you and you're like you're in college so you can instead of taking jobs you go to class you have routines you know and then you can like my freshman year of college i just i like fell into routines and i was like you know thinking to myself like yeah you know this is i you know uh, shouldn't I be doing something more exciting than, <laughs> than this? And eventually yeah. I did figure out except more exciting things to do, but it took a while, you know? So they're sort of in that phase. It's like, but, but how long do you have to illustrate that phase in the show to make it not seem, you know, so, so they're not just all of a sudden do you know, doing something else, you know? So they're in and- that sort of transitive period. And, and, I, and I said this in episode one. So and part of the reason why I'm interested in rewatching the back half of the series is we didn't know there was going to be a season two. So we didn't know. Yeah. And so like now knowing that there's going to season two, I probably won't mind as much because but yeah. if it, this was only a one season show, I would have fucking minded a lot of like, why are not why is no characters developing? <laughs> why is nothing happening? Yeah. Yeah, but so like, like yeah, it's, it's different, I think so. they're I think they're in for I think they're in, I think they've got enough like plotted into this that they probably have you know they're in for it for a good amount of plot because it's got that rebels thing in it where remember rebels always start sort of seem like you know adventure of the week for a while you know in season yeah. one but a you good remember chunk that of season resistance one. thing where it really needed a season three yeah yeah well yeah but you know. 
So that's where I'm kind of like, it, it's a bad match is only two seasons, and season two has a fucking ton of lot to do. But if it's gonna go like a rebels route where it's like three to four seasons, they can take their time. But if it's just gonna be a two, like two and done, they yeah. better move their asses in yeah. season two. <laughs> and and I guess that's where it's so hard because like, you know. Well, and another thing we, we talk- nowadays, now the now that they're doing so many shows and they're like really widening out the story. You know, maybe there is it. Maybe you know, to some level that you know they want to have a show have its own form and beginning, middle, and end and stuff. But like, you don't have to end the characters with a show. So if a character needs a character arc, they could show up in another show sometime, or you know, something like yeah. that. So it's, so it's so it's sort of like there's a new sort of open-endedness since the Mandalorian when they started like sort of plotting a Marvel universe. I mean, we we they've already mentioned technically mentioned Boba in season one, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him pop up. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's gotta happen sometime. We were even wrongfully predicting that Omega would be in the book above that. Like we wrongfully predicted that. Yeah, (laughs) but like, yeah, maybe season two because it's that kind of world. So, uh, what else is your notes? That's that's all I had. Um, for me, I only have, uh, first of all, I mean, I, I love this episode, if it's not obvious. <laughs> this episode personally has just a lot of stuff that I love in Star Wars. It's, it has a little bit of slice of life. You guys know how much I love my slice of life Star Wars. It has some, like, downtime. It has people talking. It has emotions. It has action. Like, this is, like, such a perfect little whole the o- episode. The only and- thing it's missing is a hot baddie for you to to sweat over. That's, that's okay because I have cut Sue LeQuaine. I've cut Sue LeQuaine, and they were like, "Hope, come join us." I'd be yeah, like, Hell "Yeah, but yes. that's yeah, but that's like that's 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 very um, that's very um, what is the word I'm looking for? Great, um, huh? Nice, great, nice, wonderful. Well, no, yes. no, um, wholesome. That's very wholesome. wholesome. You don't have I you don't have a you don't have a a a a a, a bad bad boy or a bad girl to. I'm okay trading a villain for well done emotions. Well, yeah. Story. No, I'm just saying it's that's the only that's the only thing like not fine tuned to to making this a Mm -hmm. hot hope episode. But I think the reason why I like this more is Star Wars is almost always like fast paced, chaotic, go go go. That I like. It's so rare to have a story where it's just sitting and talking and discussing the world discussing emotions and having dinner and then fight fight go go at the end (laughs) yeah and and it does have that but you have like two-thirds of the episode where it's just them like talking about the changing world doing world building character building and also like emotions and like it's such a rare thing in star wars and so like i will happily trade a hot baddie like grande boyfriend for this too because this is a rare and that's why i love this episode because this is a rare thing and I love it. Um, for me, actually, on, on that note, this episode is co- constantly compared to, I've seen it compared a lot to episode four of Mandalorian being the sanctuary episode where, like, you know, he goes to the village and, like, they have to save it from, like, the AT Walker and, like, Omera's there and, like, she's a mom with her daughter and, like, her and Din flirt and stuff like that episode. Um, but to me, a really big difference between that episode and, and this one is, unlike Grogu, Omega has a voice, and that's very important, because it, Din was making all these decisions for Grogu, but 
Grogu couldn't, you know, like talk to him about what he felt. Yeah. Because he's a baby. I think you, it, eventually he like that like down the line there's you know they're going to have the big Grogu speaks moment where he says something for the first time and starts, you know, articulating words. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> it's got to happen. But like he I bet you they learn like they get some sign language between the two of them, but it's almost like with oh, with, with these animations that, like... that mirror the other stuff, they mirror it on like super fast forward. So Omega and the, like Omega and the Bad Batch, like the Bad Batch being Din, you know, or Hunter being Din, but basically the Bad Batch being Din and Omega being Grogu. The 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 evolution of their their relationship is going like super fast forward, which is clones are are sort of programmed that way anyway. So like, yeah, like like in this this is what episode two. <laughs> they're they're way beyond their in their relationship where Din and Grogu are at the end of the second season of The Mandalorian and part of Boba Fett. So you know it's it's. Uh, See, I, I slightly disagree with you there. Well, the, I, I mean, disagree with you there because. The, the the this it's it's how she she chose them. Grogu chose Din. At the uh, you know. Well, I mean, I disagree with what you're saying about Den having that by the end of season two in Book of Boba Fett. I think he he starts learning how to read Grogu a lot faster. No, I mean, um, I mean because... that that he that that like he's accepted me and Grogu. We're going out. You know, I got my space oh, for him oh, in the I'm spaceship. Okay. Yeah, that that where oh, with yeah, her yeah, sitting yeah. in the seat, her sitting in the seat here, and they're like, "All right, you're one of the bad batch kid." Is like right lined up with Din with Grogu in the like in the in the bubble in the back of his Naboo fighter you know but it took it took two seasons and change in Boba Fett to get there and this is on the second episode of the Bad Batch so you know it's it I, I, they they do that sort of thing a lot like uh the beginning of Rebels uh, the relationship of everybody sort of mirrored a lot of the relationships in Star Wars but like Boom! Got them right together to a point where you know, you know, at a faster rate, and it's all and and like the it's like with the animated stuff, you know, instead of having Din, you have the Bad Batch, which sort of takes the the idea of Din and splits him into five personalities. So it's like you can do these little fine tune, like angles on the whole like parent-child relationship for, you know in the in different ways and in in more in more details you know i don't know maybe i'm reading more into it than than i should but you know i mean yeah like i agree with everything you're saying but uh my note is about the difference is omega has a voice and yes. Grogu doesn't yes. and that's the big thing that really speeds it up is that she can advocate for herself um because we saw early on that like grogu was trying to bond with den and he would like you know like he would get out of his his little walker and like, try to heal him and and like, he's always to trying him, to help like, him try to connect with him yeah and like den kept keeping him at arm's length but it's different with omega because she can look hunter in the eye and say I choose you. Yeah. I chose you. Like, this is my choice. Yeah. Like, I, this yeah. is my thing. Like, I choose you. It and speeds everything that up. that is a huge difference. It's It speeds everything up. It really up. does. <laughs> you know, I mean... Um, And the other part I like about... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, that's... Uh, I, yeah. I, I was about to... I'm slightly changing the subject, so... 
Okay. And, and like the other thing I like about this episode is we kind of see Omega's skill, which is she's a child, which makes her unassuming. So she could just like walk into a crowd and like, yeah. you know, they're clones and they're big and they stand out and she's just a kid. Nobody suspects her. And that's kind of like a skill she has. And it kind of gives her a place. And, and we sort of see that for the rest of the season. Whether it be like, here, Omega, go do the thing. And like, they'll like, we'll be the distraction. You go do the thing. And, like, because nobody pays attention to a child. Yeah. <laughs> she can just, like, walk through a crowd and be like, da 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 Yeah, da-da-da. she's even better than a, a droid, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it really gives her that skill set, too, and kind of sets her in the team in that way. So, I, I really, there's a lot of things about this episode I like. Um, and the last little thing is, uh, I wish, I hope we get more of this, and I keep coming back to this, of, like, how much I wish we get more of this in season two. But we see a little bit of the difference between Tech and Echo. Um, because their abilities are kind of similar, but Tech is the mind and Echo is the body. So, like, Tech is good at, like, data and programming, but Echo is the one that can physically implement the plan much faster. Because Tech can probably do what Echo can do, and Echo can probably do what Tech can do, but separated, they can do it much faster themselves. And it makes them a really interesting team, where Tech is like, here's the plan, go do it, Echo does it, brings it back, Tech does the thing, and they go. But if Tech had to do it all by himself, it would probably take him longer. And if Echo had to do it by himself, it would probably take him longer. Yep. <laughs> and so it's like Tech is the mind and Echo is the body. Yep. And they were, and I like their humor Master Blaster. Too. Yeah, I don't know what that means. It's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. It was, it was a uh, big giant hulking guy who had a, a a little person who was who was smart on his shoulders. And together they form Master Blaster, the brains and, and the body. Okay. Um, and I also like their humor. Like they play off each other very well. <laughs> yeah. Like and you know they they're very and I like I actually like what you said. I didn't think about that way that they really are the two that kind of get it. Like they get what's happening right now, while everybody else is kind of like still trying to figure out. But they're like they're on that same wavelength. Um, so yeah, I really, I yeah. really like this episode because it's, it's the first time, it's one of the few times we actually see the differences of Tech and Echo. Other than that, they kind of get meshed together for the rest of the season. Except for, I will say this, look out for it going forward. Tech flies like a fucking maniac, and it's one of my favorite jokes of him just like hauling ass. And you definitely see this in the finale where he's just like whipping through like a canyon and everybody else is like, ah! Yeah, I mean, like, I, I've known people who are sort of like him who are sort of like logical and low empathy and they drove like maniacs too, because they're not worried about anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite things of like tech is this crazy ass driver and everyone's just like, ah, go tech, go. <laughs> so yeah, but that's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else? I do not. All right, Chris, well score it up for me. I gave it an eight. I think it's, it's a solid, uh, Solid transitional episode, and they made it. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it does all the things <clears throat> that it has to do after that first hour and a half, hour seventeen minutes or whatever, and uh, and it's just a bonus that Cut Lequain is is, and it's perfect that Cut Lequain is the the you know what the where they do it, and who they do it with, and uh, oh, but it's just, oh, it, well. Oh. Story yeah. story wise, um, I mean, so, I said so yeah, it's 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 it's, it's solid, but it 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 didn't it didn't hit me in the feels like it hit 
it hit you. This one was is fine tuned to Hope Mullinex, and I imagine mm-hmm. my score is going to be lower than your score for sure. <laughs> As you can see, my score, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I love this episode. It's my favorite of the season. It has so much stuff I personally love in Star Wars. It also has the nostalgia of the deserter. One of my favorite episodes of Clone Wars. Like, one of my top ten favorite episodes of Clone Wars. Like, it's up there. You know, I think we just flipped our scores from the second episode of The Mandalorian. I think I gave it a ten and you gave it an eight. I think we we flipped it from last week, because didn't you have a ten last week? Am I confusing that? I'm looking right now. I had uh, I had an eight last week. Oh, I'm gonna oh, I'm whipping back at my Mando notes just to to check. So oh, you're talking about the finale, aren't you? I'm talking about the second epi- the 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 second episode of uh, Mando? of uh, Mando. Yes, I think no, I, I think had, that was we my. Both had. Did we, we both, both had that because the because tra- the egg episode like the Suga episode is my favorite episode of the season. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Both had. We were both up there. Um, but yeah, like I love this episode. It's so great to see Cut and Sue again. I'm always here for Slice of Life Star Wars. It shows the world changing beautifully. Everybody gets to shine. Yep. It's fun. I gave this episode a 10 out of 10. It is my personal favorite episode of Bad Batch. And I've yet to have anything. Like, this was the Bad Batch high for me. And, like, the series never hit this high again. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so far. So... And that's not saying that the other, because other episodes are good, but like, I love this episode. I fucking love this episode. <laughs> so, yeah, 10 out of 10, man. I love it. It's perfect to me. This is a perfect hope episode. As always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from Twitter and Facebook for our first and second episode of The Mandalorian, being episode one, The Mandalorian, and episode two, The Child. Take it away, Chris. All right, so the first first feedback is from Aaron Henley, and it is just three words: "It is time." And he guess what? And that so time excited. came and went so quickly. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we're done with that so season excited. already. Like what? he he has been so excited about us doing Mando. Like he is just super duper excited about that, and like he's been really nice, like sending messages. It's too and, bad like, the seasons yeah. are so short. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll be going back to season two before you know it. Season's over by the time we're hitting feedback on on the first episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, and now we're on to the second episode, a quarter of the way through the Mando. And uh, um, we've got Charles from uh, Gold Squadron Gaze. Says, uh, I figured that out. Thanks. Uh, (laughs) I I remember things, Hope. I remember podcast names. (laughs) But like I, it's it's confusing. I get it confused with all the different Gold Squadron gays out there, you know. So it's uh, yeah. This is the one with the with Charles in it. Um, he says catching up on J guys and Jedi, and never made the connection that Din's clan signet is the Mudhorn, who like Din is a parent trying to defend their child and willing to kill to do so. Yeah, we yeah. have good points. <laughs> Every once in a while, between all the all the classy jokes <laughs> yeah. and Yoda, yeah. Oh, oh, oh! And the next one comes. Actually, before you move on, um, Charles, you've been sending us like such nice messages. Um, 
can I make a suggestion? For some reason, Twitter's not showing me your retweets, so it's really hard for me to see these. So just like, like I don't know, like DM and like let me know when you send them because I don't know why Twitter's not showing me our your retweets. But I know they're there because I see them when they happen. <laughs> but when I go back eight weeks, I can't find them, so I just like let me know. And then I can, like, gather them up in a nice little Google Doc for you. Thank you, Charles. We love you. <laughs> I'll gather all of them together, and I'll have them all. And, uh, you know, that, that's a good reminder, guys. Like, once we reach a point, if you leave feedback on an older episode, let me know. Because I don't look at older episodes to look at old feedback. So if you send new feedback about an older episode, please just message me so I can go find it. Because yeah. I don't I don't check the older episodes. So just... But, just Message me on Facebook or Twitter and let me know it's there. Anything or to do with me. J-Guys and Jedi, basically just beat us over the head if you need us <laughs> to react in any way. You have to beat us we over the head to, to get us to get our attention. We're not good at this. I have work <laughs> and life and writing deadlines. I am not going to go through the last 310 episodes to look for new feedback. So if you do lead old feedback, please just message me and let me know. All right, continue, Chris. All right. <laughs> Uh, we got one from, and cue the music, it's, oh yeah, Paul C. Oh. Kelly. Oh yeah! He says, Hope, I heard in this episode you love a good soft-boiled egg. I, I am do. a fan as well. Oh yeah. My family introduced it to me, calling it a dipping egg. I think my parents used to use a shot glass to hold the egg with the top cut off cut right off toast and butter cut up into little sticks were then dipped into the eggs oh yeah, yeah. Stoves, stoves can vary in time but currently for me 3 minutes and 50 seconds boils the egg just right oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah. lol yeah. that sounds great <laughs> and hope said the shot glass is a very good idea where's my voice where's my voice oh shit Oh, I got so yeah. wrapped up in the policy, Kelly. Hope said, shot glass is a very good idea. I I need to try that. Normally, I just cut them open on top of my toast. That like what, I do? what I do is I put I I like just put them on top of the toast and just slice them up with a just chop it chop it into into pieces. That's it flattens out the toast a little bit, but even so, I still like that like flattened out toast with this gooey and that way all the whites also get a good layer of gooey egg of gooey suka on them that, that's I, what i do too and like in ovens do vary like uh my stove is about is five minutes and 15 seconds and then i have to put it immediately in ice water to like so it doesn't keep cooking and so i blanch my ice water really fast Yep. Um, so I have this big bowl of ice water right beside my stove, and I just scoop them out and put them in there and, like, let them chill in there for a couple minutes. Last time I made them, I made them in a smoker. What? Yeah, you can do that, you know. You smoke you can it. make soft-boiled eggs in a smoker. You can smoke them in the smoker. If you're going to smoke them in the smoker, they soak oh, up smoke. That? The egg, the, 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 the oh. shell takes smoke in, in. It will absorb the smoke, and you'll have... Like, like I don't know if there's any I don't eggs. know if there's any people who smoke meat out there, but when you put meat in the smoker, you take it out and you cut the meat, you'll see a ring of where the smoke soaked, you know, the smoke soaked into the meat a little bit. And there'll be a ring on the egg, but it doesn't look good because the egg is white and so it just sort of turns gray where the smoke hit. 
but make egg salad out of that and you oh have like the smoky egg salad it is delicious delicious oh oh my Suka. god I just, the thought of Suka. a smoked soft boiled egg yeah oh my god yeah it works Oh I haven't. God. It's always been like sort of. It's always, it's always come out sort of hard boiled when I did it because I haven't been trying to make it soft. So I haven't tried to make it with a soft yolk because I've been making egg salad with it. But mm -hmm. I should I should play around with that and see how long it takes to where it has a a nice gooey yolk. When I one day visit you, you must make me this. Oh, oh yeah, if you come out here, yeah, we, uh, I'll get you a full full assortment of what we make at the at the restaurant oh. where I work for sure. Wow. Anybody who comes to visit me will will get restaurant like there's good restaurants around here. Ooh, it smells good. Uh, well, if you don't know what we're Indeed. doing, if you're hearing the wrinkling, uh, Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a weirdo. Um, so our friend Dario, who is Chris's co-podcaster for Eat and Beat It, sends us candy for from all over the world to re to review. And this week, we have a, cat, a Kit Kat bar, and it says, Candy and Red Wrapper with Hebrew writing, looks kind of like a Kit Kat, is from Israel. So, thank you. It smells, it, Chris. It smells amazing. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, I th I'm, I'm thinking this, like we were discussing earlier, this is probably a, a Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. And... Mm -hmm really good. It tastes like a Kit Kat, but with good chocolate. Yep. It's like a Canadian Kit Kat. That's exactly what it tastes like. A really good Kit Kat with good chocolate. Yep. So now we know they got good Kit Kats in Israel, too. Mm -hmm. Which I would assume, because judging from the candy we've get, been getting from Dario, that area of the world just knocked mm -hmm. it out of the park with their candy. Everything we've gotten from Turkey has been amazing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, exceptional. Like, maybe we aren't getting fine chocolate out of... But we're not doing the fine chocolate. We're doing the candy bar thing. And that area of the world, their candy bar game is... Mm -hmm. It's tight. Mm. This is really great. Thank mm -hmm. you, Dario. Yum, yum. Sorry, things are sticking to my... Like, the wrapper stuck to my arm, and I was like, ah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put the, my arm right on the wrapper, and it was like, ah, oh, so, so, it's on me. I don't, I don't want you anymore. You're already dead. You're in my belly. Well... That's all I have. Did you have anything else, Chris? I got nothing. Nothing. Oh, well, where then? Where can we find you? You can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com. That's our podcast page with all the podcasts on it. You can also find us on Facebook. We've got the 2 True Freaks um, podcast group. And really, the only reason ever to go on Facebook now is basically to visit a group. Especially I'm lucky at, if Facebook works for me because, be honest, like it takes a so long to load, and b like I it, it doesn't want to function on my browser. It only really functions on my phone now. Yeah, Facebook is Facebook. I've been meaning to have a talk with you. You're not looking too good, buddy. 
I know you might yeah. feel okay and you might got a lot of money, but you're not looking you're not looking so hot, man. You might want to get some sunshine and maybe go to the doctor or something. <laughs> you look like shit. I don't know if anybody's told you, but maybe they should. Um But anyway, the Two True Freaks podcast page is pretty cool. It's not huge, so it's not full of people fighting and fussing. It's nothing. It's just—it's nothing like that. It's just basically people posting their podcasts up. We have the Two True Freaks <laughs> Cantina for people to opine. But yes, and to debate, which is interesting. And we are also speaking of, hey buddy, hey, buddy, friend. hey buddy, put the brakes on, buddy. Uh, our friend. Well, I'm not talking about our friend. I'm talking about where our friend's hanging out. And, and maybe I want to talk to our friend and say, Hey, Gene. Gene, the Twitter machine. Tweet, 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 tweet. Gene, the Twitter is great. It's you, not. <laughs> you, might, you might want to get yourself some of this uh, stuff they call Scotch Guard. And uh, just spray that to you. If you're going to be hanging out on Twitter, you might want to take that stuff. Just spray yourself from head to toe with that Scotch Guard. Just, it's on an aerosol can. It'll give you cancer someday down the end, so try not to breathe it in. Plug up your noses with some tissues and just just soak yourself with that. And uh, and then whatever happens in Twitter, it'll just beat up and roll off. And uh, it'll be quote-unquote safe. So yeah, you can find Jake on Twitter with Gene. I, just, I don't even know what like you're, where you're going on this. I was uh, just like, I'm just a little talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm just giving. All, I I got to give all the social networks a little talking to. That's all. Little, little, what uh, if we went on tw- TikTok? Oh Jesus Christ! I, mean, <laughs> I don't even want to deal with trying to figure that out, man. Technically, I have a TikTok. And it makes me feel old because I have no fucking clue no, how to use it. Yeah, like I like trying for me going like, oh, is this what they do on TikTok? I'll do it too. It's gonna be the most painfully awkward, you know, thing ever and wrong and just not right. So I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't do that. Instagrams. I don't do none of that shit. Most of that shit, like Instagram, you need a phone. I don't have a phone. And that's the thing is, I do this all all this shit on the computer. Yeah, Facebook, they don't care about the... Nobody uses Facebook on a computer unless they're fucking 84,000 years old like me. Or me! Yes, <laughs> that's correct. It's me! Anyway, that's where you can find me, the, the the ancient one. Where can they find you, Hope? The slightly less ancient one. <laughs> <laughs> you can... You can find me at Jacobs and Jedi on Twitter. That is our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinax on Twitter. I'm also a writer for the Geeky Waffle. Um, probably by the time this, yeah, by the time this episode's coming out, I'm going to be back to doing my weekly Owl House and Amphibia articles um, and recapping the series. And I'm sad because it's the end of Amphibia and it's about to end. Um, so it's going to be fun to at least uh, see Amphibia end and continue with Owl House because I love that show. Um, and sometimes you can hear me on Space Waffles, which is the Geeky Waffle podcast, Star Wars podcast, I should say. And it's hosted by my friend Arzu. And uh, I'm actually excited because unless COVID goes super crazy in the next month, knock on wood, please don't. Um, 
uh, me and Arzy are going to be at 221 Beacon together. Ooh, doing yay. Stuff. Yes, she's coming down here and visiting, and we're going to be at 221 Beacon, and we're actually doing two Star Wars panels. So um, it's going to be a ton of fun, and I can't wait. And uh, if you haven't been in Atlanta, it's a really cheap con. Like, go hang out. Um, so, yeah, uh, I can't wait to talk about that on Space Waffles. You can sometimes see me over there, but check it out because it's my friend's show and I adore her. So, yeah. Chris, are you excited for next week with War Crimes? Oh, yeah. I always love a good war crime in my... I, I'm, I'm used to war crimes in my Star Wars cartoons. So, yeah, bring it on. It's like just like yeah. coming home. Next week is the war crime episode, <laughs> <laughs> where they're like, hey, look at these civilians. Let's murder them with flamethrowers. <laughs> like, it's that episode, so. That's what the so, Empire does with civilians. You know, you know, and in real life, too, in other parts of the war world, because there's definitely a war going on, and a hospital definitely got hit today. <sighs> Anyway, come back next week. We're going to be talking about episode three of The Bad Batch, and we talk about the episode Replacements. Yes, pull yourself away from your TV, watching war crimes, and sit back and relax and watch some war crimes. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Sorry, <laughs> <Good night, everybody. laughs> right, Oh, I just feel so sad. Our world is doomed. It's all going to suck. Oh, my God. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks.
Ho, 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 ho.